0: up this video and edit this and all this stuff at the end. I might start that again. So welcome to the class. Uh, We've had some distractions up to this point, so we'll start over. But this is the Discipleship Evangelism course with Andrew Womack. And uh, today we are talking about deliverance. And uh, if you uh, don't catch what that means, we're talking about demons and demonology. And uh, there's a lot of people, of course, that don't think those things are real. And uh, I can assure you that they are. I've uh, dealt with them. They are not just in third world countries. Uh, they are uh, doing. They are thriving in America. I would say. And our job is to put an end to that. And so, if we don't know that they're real and we don't know that they're there, how can we put an end to something? You see. So let's uh, jump right in. It says uh, today's lessons on deliverance and a lot of this in this class we're reading what they have to say uh, they've already laid out this course for us, so we just read alone that's what makes it simple you don't have to you know go to uh, bible school to be able to teach this course or help disciple other people that's what's awesome about this so i'm going to just read this for a while and i'll throw in some points and uh, we'll go from there today we're going to talk about demonology Jesus spent his ministry on earth casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead, and doing other miracles. About one-fourth of his ministry was spent expelling evil spirits from people. the Bible tells us in acts ten thirty eight how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him also first john three eight says For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I used to have a different view of demonology, he says, that demons, evil spirits, or unclean spirits, devils, whatever you want to call them, only appeared in India or third world countries where the people don't worship the true and living God, but worship idols. I was wrong. I want to tell you about an experience I had a few years ago in a church in Dallas, Texas, All the people were singing when all of a sudden this girl just fell to the floor. It looked like she was having a seizure. There happened to be a medical doctor there whose name was Dr. Rice. Some people in the church had a home about a block from the church, and he said to take her there so he could examine her. When we got uh, her to their home, this girl was like a wildcat. Her eyes were dilated, and there was a strong masculine voice speaking out of this little bitty teenage girl who probably weighed less than 100 pounds. Well, that'll get your attention. (laughs) And uh, you know what? I've seen the same thing. There was this kind of petite a very high-pitched lady uh, uh, that I was around one time, and she had kind of a high-pitched voice, and all of a sudden, you know, she started talking in tones lower than I could, and I was like, well, isn't that interesting, you know? So when you're talking about uh, the demonic, and I'm I'm talking about that was just a few years ago in a town not far from here, and I've had multiple experiences with demons since then. It's very important to realize that they are very real, Now, what I'm going to go ahead and throw in here, right here, is you have several different types of uh, demonic influence in people. You have oppression, and then you have, uh, excuse me, you have possession, and then you have oppression, okay? Now, the Bible doesn't really make the clarification between the two. They just use a term that basically means, in English, the best way to say it would be demonized, Okay, so in other words, they have a presence of the demonic on them and in their lives. Okay, so what difference does it make if they're possessed or oppressed? Our job is get rid of it, right? Our job is to live the life that's so full of God that it gets rid of that. Okay. So a lot of times people have demonic oppression going on in their lives, but they do not realize what it is. They think it's just them. They, a lot of times after uh, going through some kind of series with demonic stuff, here's what will happen. They'll, they'll say things like, I don't know what happened. I just lost my mind. Right Stuff like that, a lot of times what I have found, and this is not this is not scripture, this is just experience talking, so you can take this experience and maybe it'll help you, but if it doesn't, you can throw it away. Uh, but I have found that if we are in high emotion, a lot of times, a lot of times there's spiritual influence, either the Holy Spirit. Or a demonic spirit. We can have a high emotion and high passion that comes from the Holy Spirit and is very, very good. Right? It'll make you do things that you'll look back and go, what was I thinking? Oh my gosh. And everybody goes, look at their great faith. And it was, you were under some Holy Spirit. Right? Holy Spirit possession. Which is good. Remember, the devil always... Uh, gives us counterfeits he always gives us counterfeits so in other words if you can see somebody that is possessed by the devil or by some devils by some demons you can also see people that are possessed by the Holy Spirit that's what happened uh, to Elijah or Elisha when they picked up their robes and ran in front of the horses for it was I believe 16 miles they beat the chariots back to the city. Why? Because they were possessed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. It will allow us to do extraordinary feats, exploits, is what the word says. Exploits for God. So you can always trust that the devil is counterfeiting things that God has, and they're always worse. This, These particular kind definitely come. When people are oppressed by devils, They uh, it definitely has... An effect <laughs> and uh, it has some bad um, what's the word uh, hangovers <laughs> you have a, you have some bad uh lingering side effects, yes, thank you. you have some bad side effects that happen when you have demonic oppression around and so I've seen this several different times in different ways. And dealt with them, and they are, um, you know, it's not something to be scared of. That's the biggest thing. People today are scared of anything that is supernatural. They're interested in it, they want to know, but at the same time when it comes to a negative supernatural force, they're scared of it. Well... All things are under our feet in Jesus Christ's name. You know, all things are under his feet. Everything must bow and so must they. And that's the key to understanding and knowing about demonic. Okay? You have to understand that it's already conquered. Everything is already done. But I wanted to I wanted to carry on and un, help you understand that a lot of times, have you ever had somebody do something and, oh my goodness, it just flew all over you and you went red hot, you know, in like zero to red hot in .5 seconds, right? And you were just upset and about to blow them up. Have you ever felt that? Mm-hmm. You know what that was? Probably sitting there pressing spiritual buttons inside of you. That would have probably been demonic in nature. Most every single one of us have had demonic forces oppress us in some way. Well, I thought they couldn't deal with Christians. Well, this is just an introductory class. I'm not going to get into all of that and what they can do. But you can, you can be, definitely be born again and allow demons to completely run your life surprise, (laughs) you can be born again and completely allow demons to run your life. Why? Because you have a choice, and you have a choice to either exercise authority or not. So let's continue with this story, and let me just throw this out there. I may say this at the end, too, that if you've got questions about this, just come and ask Um, it. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of details to it. It's not something, like I said, to be fearful over. It's just something to know about. We definitely should know about it because think about this. We are to do what? We are to grow and do the things that Christ did. If a quarter of his physical ministry and serving to people was casting out devils, guess what? It doesn't mean that we are supposed to do a quarter of it, but we're definitely going to see it every now and then. Some of you may remember a uh, few weeks ago, Wednesday night, you know. and uh, one of the things that you'll notice is, is demons really get bothered uh, under anointing and under preaching. If you see somebody that constantly, like under a service, they're constantly up and down during the service or going out or they got to go to the bathroom, I cannot tell you how many times I'm getting to a point in my message. I can't tell you. I'm getting to a point in my message where freedom is coming and all of a sudden, and, and a lot, I can't tell you how many times this has happened in six and a half years. And particularly, I'll know it's for somebody, right? Like, let's say I knew it was for bear. I knew that she's going to receive freedom in this moment. And, and I knew that this point was for her, right? And all of a sudden, right before I get to the place where I, where I you know, drop that Holy Spirit revelation, where those chains are going to be broken, that person will get up and go to the bathroom. I wonder why, right? Right? If, if you saw it as much as I did and knew what the Lord had planned and could feel that, you would understand that it's not just coincidence. It is absolutely coordination to try and get that person away from the moment where they will come under the influence of the Holy Spirit and make a decision that will release the grip that that demonic has in their life. I I see it over and over and over again. So I would ask you, the next time you get really uncomfortable and you feel like you need to go to the bathroom or you need to do something else besides listen to the message, ask yourself, can I wait? You know, Can I hold on? Because the truth is, you probably can, and it's probably because freedom's about to come to you in some form or fashion. I've seen that, and I can't tell you how many times Uh, I have seen that over the years. And it's been me before, where I've been under the influence of demonic stuff, and all of a sudden I have to get up. People are under the influence of that much more than they think they are. Look, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers and darkness. Matter of fact, now i watch it. I I can't tell you the number of people where we start preaching a message, particularly a freedom-type message and the power and anointing and life of God, and I'll see people start to get sick to their stomach you know what that is that's that's what that is that's demonic uh influence in them it it manifests in different ways but i've seen it so much now that i know how it works i'm familiar with it i see people i've seen people get up and get sick right in the middle of service and what it is is that word is setting them free and that demonic is trying to manifest that freedom actually that freedom in the word of god is kicking life into them and kicking the devil out of them and that's why they're feeling nauseous. So it has physical manifestations. It's not crazy stuff, it's just it's real. The spiritual world is much more real. We've just become so accustomed to living by what we see that we say, well that's just that's just them being sick. That's just, they just ate something bad. No, that's not what it is. We're affecting spiritual things when we minister in spiritual ways. Yeah. Amen? All right, that was a good break from the story. So there was this young girl, and they took her back to the house, and she started speaking with the masculine voice of this little teenage girl who probably weighed less than 100 pounds. Suddenly, this thing began to attack me verbally, saying things like, you're going to hell. And that's almost like they sound, too. I said, I said no, I'm not. I was scared because I'd never seen anything like this before. It said, yes, you're going to hell. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to hell. It seemed to have power and authority over me. And I didn't know what to do or how to deal with the thing that was in this girl. One of my good friends was so scared that he left right away. (laughs) He's a good friend, huh? (laughs) Okay, she's talking like a man. I'll see you later. (laughs) Uh, I got really tripped out by that line. (laughs) One of my good friends. Good friends. (laughs) So there I was. I thought, what in the world do I do? The girl had supernatural strength, and she began to speak something like German that she had never learned. All kinds of wild manifestations of the devil came out of her. She was demon-possessed, and though I didn't know what to do, I'd always believed the Bible has power. It's like when you were a kid and watched those scary Dracula horror movies, the vampire would come toward the person, all of a sudden, the person would pull out a cross, and the vampire would go, ah, you know, and that's the way I thought of the Bible. Is what Don is saying. I knew it had power, but I didn't know how to get the power out of the Bible. The grace of God helped me because I'd never experienced anything like this before. I opened my Bible to the New Testament and happened to turn to the book of Philippians. I began to read in chapter 2, verses 8 through 11. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. The demon said, don't say that. I can't stand those words. Don't say that. I thought, what a reaction. So I said, well, at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth don't say that. I can't stand those words. Don't say that. Don't say that, she yelled. I thought the devil was going crazy inside this girl, and all I'm doing is reading the word of God. So I read it again. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God hath also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Again, there was the same reaction. Don't say that. I can't stand that. Then the demon grabbed the girl by her ears and she said, Don't say that. I can't stand those words. Don't say that. The devil threw the, gr- the girl down before me and she began to bow at the name of Jesus. And I said, At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, whether in heaven or in earth or under the earth. Just moments before, the devil had authority and power over me. I thought he was going to whip me, beat me up, throw me out of there. I didn't know. All I knew was that the Bible has power, and I opened it and began to read. The Bible says in Ephesians 6:17, "And take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God." You see there is an offensive weapon which is like a sword that will cut and hurt the enemy. It is the sword of the Spirit, the word of God. Do you remember when Jesus was tempted, the devil came to him and said, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. The devil tempted him and tempted him again, and Jesus said, It is written, Satan, it is written. Then quoted the word of God, and he used the sword of the Spirit, and the Bible says the devil took off and left him for a season. Now what's interesting here in talking about demons and demonology and, you know, and the fact that it is very real, and this is a story I've experienced stories very much like this several times. And, uh, you know, in in person. So what's interesting is when it comes to demons, the problem that most of the church has is that they are um, scared of it. They really, they, they will act like they're not scared, but the truth of the matter is they're scared. You know, when a few, you know, Wednesdays ago, a few months ago, when we had the guy come in and right over in this area, You know, he came up to me and he was being delivered and he was, you know, had demonic influence on him, right? And it was funny because it was right after service, everybody was pretty much dismissed and there were some people that were like, I want to see what happens. (laughs) And other people were like, that's real nice, see you later. (laughs) That's real cool, you know. Yeah, yeah, they were good friends. (laughs) And, uh, but it's interesting because different people have different responses to that kind of stuff. Here's what you have to Remember? That you will not face a temptation that God has not given you the power to be an overcomer in. Okay, And so even in this situation, as he's telling this story, he's never faced this before. He didn't think this was real in America. This guy didn't. But what happened? He would not, even in all of that ignorance that he had, he was not left alone. And so what you have to face is, if I'm facing this, I know that God will show me what to do. Just like he showed him what to do. You have to know that God is bigger than this situation. That God has given me the ability to draw on him for things that I don't know. That's what most people forget when they're facing this, and this is why they're scared of anything that has to do uh, with the demonic things. Okay? Which, but, and so what they do is they run away from the supernatural mission that God has given them, right? Because God has told believers, hey, this is what you will do. One of those things you will do is if they, if they know me, they'll cast out devils, right? In other words, what we're doing is we're bringing an end to a demonic rule in somebody's life. How can they have freedom through the anointing of Christ if Christ's freedom and anointing is not released by his body today? So we've got to bring an end to the oppression that's in their life by allowing Christ to be Christ in us. Amen? Well, that means we can't be afraid of that. You know, We've got to understand. And it doesn't mean that we put on courage in, in a worldly, manly kind of courage. We put on courage in the way of faith. Look, I don't know everything to do. You know, every time that I have faced a demonic situation, there have been things that I didn't know what to do with. But I do know God. And I knew if I would rely on him through his Holy Spirit and allow him to fill me, that's what's going to overpower this thing. The name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, the fact that I am his. The fact that I'm allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through me. Okay, So I trust that. I trust that more than the unknown. Think about that statement, because that can apply in any area of your life. I trust God and his power more than the unknown. It's a big statement. So we'll carry on. He says, the only weapon we have to defeat the enemy is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Do you know what I learned from that? I learned this. Every time I want to study the word, I think about how hungry I am. I sure am hungry. Sure would like me a sandwich. Every time you sit down, have you not experienced this as well? Try to do something godly. Try to get in the word. You having trouble sleeping? Read the Bible. It's amazing how easily you'll sleep when you just start reading the Bible. Why? Because the devil don't want you in that word. Why? Because it's a weapon against him. He doesn't want you. He says it really well here in a minute. He says every time I want to study the word, I think about how hungry I am and I have to go find something to eat. Or I think about all the things I didn't do that day. I know that those in a discipleship class will have all sorts of excuses why they can't be there. I finally figured out why. There's something in the Bible that God wants us to know that the devil doesn't want us to know. So every time you come to study God's word or do a discipleship class, and I'll I'll say or pray or worship or come to church, especially a church that's teaching you the realities of God, There's something in the word the enemy doesn't want you to know. He doesn't want you to know the God that's behind those words. And I would say it like this because here at Boomerang we know about reset. He doesn't want you to enter into a reset fellowship with God. An intimate fellowship with a loving father that knows how to beat him down. He didn't want you doing that. He doesn't. It's not just the words. It's not just the Bible itself is holy. What makes the Bible holy is the one who's behind it. The picture of God, the Father, that it represents. That's what makes it powerful. It's a picture of the true character and nature of God. That's what's powerful. And when you get to know the picture, you start to learn about him, and you start entering into something that is very real in the spirit. And when you enter into an intimate fellowship that's very real with God the Father, it's very hard to stop you. Matter of fact, it's really impossible for the devil to stop you. Because look at Jesus. Even if you die, you win. That's a big statement. There is a kingdom of darkness, and there is a kingdom of God's dear Son. In Colossians 1.13 it says, he, Who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son? What kingdom are you in? A kingdom is where someone has the rule and reign. Jesus Christ is a king. Have you ever given your life to him? Are you following him today? Or are you letting other things have priority in your life? Jesus said this in Luke 6, 46, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not do the things which I say? He wants to be preeminent in your life, to be number one. There's a kingdom of darkness that is trying to keep him from that preeminence, that place of reigning in your life. The reason for this is the enemy wants to rise up in the place of preeminence. He wants to be the priority. He wants to let your flesh reign because he's the God of that flesh. He is the corruption that was in that flesh. Turn to Jesus today with all your heart and realize there is an enemy. His name is Satan. He has dem- demonic power, but the Bible tells us that we have authority over him. Jesus said in Matthew ten eight, Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely you have received, freely give. Preach the gospel of the kingdom, and as you go, you have authority over the enemy. Don't let the enemy talk you out of what God has for your life any longer. Make Jesus Lord and number one in your life. You will never regret it. So we'll go through these questions really quick. Again, this is just kind of a very uh, simple introduction to demonic things, okay? Because they are very real. I I, I very similarly... uh, wasn't sure that they were as real in America as they are in other countries. But I can assure you now, after pastoring for six and a half years, they're very real right here in Albemarle. (laughs) They are incredibly real. And uh, we have helped several people uh, throughout the years get free from demonic things if they wanted to be. And the truth is, a lot of people don't. I can remember one time, I was talking to somebody, and it, and it was absolutely, they even knew, I'm dealing with demo- demons and demonic. And they said, but I've, they have taken comfort in that for all their life, and they weren't sure that they wanted to give that up. And that was what they said. I don't know that I want to give it up. Well, it's hard for me to help you, you know, in that, in that situation. But... People have become very comfortable with how they've been living life. Remember what Jim Hockaday said. People are good as long as life can get just a little bit better. They'll take the bad, all the bad, as long as every now and then they can have a little bit of the better. Well, we're not to be lukewarm. We're to be hot or cold, not sitting in the middle. So as Christians, we have a responsibility to press into the fullness of, of the heart of God. The fullness of his holy fire. Right. Let's, let's read the... So my, my point is, if you have... This is an introduction to demonic stuff. We're not going into depth in this class. But if you have questions, let me know. Because there's, there's some details to it. So, And I can tell you stories. Maybe we'll do that later on. Um, let's go to Ephesians 6.12. And it says... For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. How does this verse describe our spiritual conflict with the demonic realm? And it would say, it's a struggle, or it's a wrestling. We wrestle in the King James, it says we're wrestling. It's a struggle. Let's read Mark 16:17. These signs will accompany those who have believed in my name; they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. Now this is Jesus talking about his believers. Those that have believed. Back up a couple of verses, you'll see those that have believed. So he's not just talking about his apostles, not just talking about his disciples, not just talking about the hundred and twenty in Acts chapter two. Those that have believed. Okay, do you believe in Christ? Then this is some signs that will accompany you. They in their, in your, his name, excuse me, in his name they will cast out demons. We have the authority. To cast them out. What does this verse teach us about the authority of the believer? That we have authority. In other words, he wouldn't tell us we'd do it if we didn't have authority to do that. Let's go to James 4 7. It says this Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. What must a person that is seeking deliverance from demons do? Submit themselves to God and resist the devil. A lot of times I've had people, they wanted free from the negative stuff of the demonic, but they didn't want to give up the habits. And they knew that if they resisted the demon and resisted the devil, they'd have to give up the pleasure of the flesh that accompanies that. And they didn't want to give up the pleasure of that, and they couldn't get free from the demon. It's a big deal. This is not, and what I'm telling you about here is not just somebody else's stories. I'm telling you about stories that I've experienced and seen. Let's read James 1.14. So the person that is, uh, before we read that, the person that is seeking to get deliverance, what do they need to do? They need to submit to God and resist the devil themselves. Okay? All right says this how does satan deceive us into making something evil look desirable it says but each one is tempted each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lust now lust of course is not just a, a physical fleshly thing lust can be hey i just want to sleep longer this morning but god's telling me to get up that can be lust too you're lusting after that comfort so you have to watch because you know, a lot of times we put lust up there on this you know, big, oh, that's a big sin. Well, it can be something very simple that's holding you in bondage. All right. So how does Satan deceive us into making something evil look so desirable? He works with our own lust to make something evil look desirable. He works with our own lust. Now, this is... This is important because this is how bondages stay in people's lives at some point they have to say i don't want to do this anymore i can remember when i was drinking a lot and smoking and the lord came back to me and he said you can't get rid of it because you want to do it and i had to start working on the want to inside my heart before I could get free from it. And when the want to was lesser than the want to go after God, that's when it broke. Because now I didn't have a lust there that was higher than my desire for God. And the devil didn't have anything to work with. And, and I got free. And that came by knowing who God is. Knowing that God had something better for me than that drinking or that cigarette. That if he was asking me for for this to hand it over to him, he had something better. Because knowing the heart of God and who he is as a loving father demands that anything he asks for is an opportunity to increase. All right, Romans 6, 13. You see how all of this stuff that you've been learning at Boomerang goes along with setting you free in all these different areas. This is what's important. Romans 6.13, if a person fills their life with the things of God, demons will get uncomfortable and leave on on their own. What does this verse tell us to do? So Romans 6.13, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. So our job is don't yield to sin, but yield to God. Yield our members, the parts of our body, as instruments of right-doing. Let's read Romans thirteen fourteen. Demons feed on the works of the flesh, so starve them out by walking in God's ways of love and purity. It says, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regards in regard to its lust make no provision in other words you take away anything that will provide the flesh from doing its own thing you take away anything that will provide a way for your flesh to do something that's ungodly so our job is to make no provision to the flesh so it says, demons feed on the works of the flesh, so starve them out by walking in God's ways of love and purity. We are to make no provision to the flesh, for the flesh. And let's read this, Luke ten seventeen through 19. He says this, the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, this is before Christ had been crucified, and they realized that demonic was done. And let me put it this way. This was before the power of all life, and Jesus was given the name above every name. This was before that, and yet they were given uh, power over these demonic. How much more then once he was crucified and rose again? And he said to them, I was watching Satan fall uh, from heaven like lightning, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you. Now, there's a couple of things here that are important. Number one is this. Most of the time when you see that scripture that says, Behold, I saw Satan fall like lightning, it will be preached in this manner. Uh, don't don't, Don't get prideful. Don't get prideful now. Yeah, you cast out some devils, but don't get prideful. Because I saw Satan fall like lightning. You don't want to have that happen too. I agree, don't get prideful is a good thing. But I don't think that's what Jesus was saying here personally. I think he was saying like this. Yes, he used to be somebody. But now, he is under your feet. That's what, because his next statement in context was, look, because of this, behold, look, I've given you authority. To tread on serpents and scorpions, and then look at this part and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will injure you now. Hold up, I thought Christians you know come under attack from the devil and and you know sometimes you just take one for the team, and you know you give that he gives you that sickness to teach you something and all that kind of stuff. Look, put that verse back up there. What does it say? Over how much power of the enemy? All. all. Well, all means you know. In the Greek, guess what? It means all. It means all. In the Hebrew too, it means all. It's amazing. All. He tells them again in Mark uh, fifteen sixteen. He he said, um, or was that? Excuse me. It might, might be uh, Matthew 28. But he basically tells them that I have been given all power and authority. Remember when Jim was here, he said, how much power and authority does that leave for the devil? So if there's a power and authority given to him, who gave it to him? It was us. So we ought to see this not just in demonic stuff, but you ought to be able to walk into a demonic situation knowing that I have been given all power and authority through Jesus Christ. By myself, I could not do it. But through Jesus, they don't have any power and authority. They are powerless. Now, they will try to do anything they can to deceive you out of that fact, out of that truth. They will try and talk to you and tell you what they're going to do and tell you you're going to hell. Anything to distract you, to get you off of the fact that you have all power and authority through Jesus Christ. But I will tell you this, don't go in there with pride, with a, with a uh, false authority in Jesus. Well, I'm part of the kingdom. You know, don't go in there like that. Remember, humility is where grace is, where greater grace is. Humility is, look... I might not have been anybody without Jesus, but because of Jesus, yeah. you don't have any authority anymore. Yep. So everything you're telling is a lie. And that's, that's where the demonic always operates in, is deception, deception, deception. And the truth of God shines the light on it so that we can become free. And not just us, but all of, all of the people around us. Amen? Amen? Lord, we just thank you that you have indeed given us a freedom that is beyond earthly capabilities. It is supernatural in every way, in every sense of the word. And we receive freedom in Jesus' name from all demonic oppression. And we give freedom through Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. It's going to be a great day. I'll see you in a few.